Brown Town. <laughs> Almost. Uh, so close. So very close to doing. I it feel like uh, you just like have bigger lungs, and so you take your your in breath is different than my in breath. I actually have a secret. Uh, I oh? take my in breath at the start of the song, and I'm already. No, no, we talked about this. You can't hold captain. your breath that long. That's what you told me. That's my secret, Captain. No, <laughs> you said it. You said it to a candidate for the you or for the the state legislature. You can't lie like I that. Can, that's true. To I can't a, hold my. That's true. I can't hold my breath a, that long. Possibly uh, elected official. I did. I did take it. So I did take my breath uh, earlier. So like, did that through <laughs> that through that song that particular song, not every, but through that particular song, I actually was drinking water because uh, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy that you're drinking water. I'm like 75 percent water, as it turns out. 75 <laughs> percent is that really how much water we are? Yeah, we're we're pretty much water. We're just like water. Or is balloons. that just you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm else extra is... moist. <laughs> everyone else is like 60. I'm a 75. Uh, you know, I moisturize a lot. I use olive oil. Wouldn't it be cool to be 100% water? No, because I could evaporate then. And then you could fly. And then, I could, yeah. no. I mean, but isn't that the thing that everybody always wants to do is to be able to fly? And then like. This is a, this is a weird aside, but I'm going to go down this track. Uh, so okay. I, I personally would like to point out that uh, no new matter has been created on this planet. So all the uh-huh. water that's on this planet was has been on this planet since the planet's uh, inception, right? Yo, that sounds like you'd be so wise. So, yeah. And the other thing is, is that means that at some point in your lifetime, you were dinosaur piss. And honestly, you're not talking me out of it. <laughs> quite possibly the piss of every other creature on earth. At some point, water has to have been pissed out of everything. So you're saying that my body is 75% dinosaur piss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it explains a lot. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I, I've always like thought about that. Every time I drink water, I think like someone pissed this out before. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm okay with it, obviously, because I still drink water, but... It's not preventing. It's not. It's not. It's not making the, me not want to drink water. I mean, right. if anything, it's making me want to drink more water because now it's sexy. Yeah, it's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm getting a little dinosaur in me. All right, like, I'd I'm rather gonna- <laughs> drink dinosaur piss than lead. <laughs> oh my god, solid point. Uh, and also, technically, drinking lead is what brought down the Roman Empire. Welcome back to Frown Town. Frown Town. <laughs> we always gotta, you know, we always gotta make sure if we're having too much fun, we're gonna remind you about Flint, Michigan. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> That's what we do. If we're having too much fun, if we're laughing too much, you know, and that laughter is not based on fear and discomfort, <laughs> then we gotta bring it down because we, if if we're Concerned about anything here on Frowntown, it is branding. <laughs> oh my god, we do we stay on brand. Uh, do you think Jay? Do you think we should do this? <laughs> if we just did the show hanging from the ceiling? Um, I, I thought you were gonna say dancing on the ceiling, and I was gonna be like, yes. And then I you mean, said we can dance on the ceiling, but like you have to have some kind of suspension system, which mm-hmm. I I know how to put a D ring in a ceiling. Um, I could help you with that as well. Uh, but like if we did the show, cause we do laugh a lot, which is weird for a show called Frown Town. That's true. We, we could hang ourselves from the ceiling and then when we were laughing, we would be frowning. 
<laughs> I was wondering where we were going with that. Now it makes sense. <laughs> like, why are we hanging ourselves? But now, like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Honestly, yeah, let's do that. It'd be cool to do a show with all the blood rushing to my head. Plus, I mean, it'd be something interesting. You know, I already want to hang myself most days. And that's not an invitation for anyone to send cops to my house, okay? Uh, Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I just... You know, actually, I've been pretty, I've actually been pretty happy lately. I think getting back, uh, yeah, man, taking a vacation. I mean, I still um, have uh, the daily painful activities that I have to do to make sure that I can fully extend uh, my arm. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. It sucks, but I, I don't know. I just have gotten used to being a person who is in pain. I was going to ask, like, if, if you could put a percentage on uh, movement of your arm compared to what, you know, 100% would be before, where would you put yourself at? Um, well, I can tell you about degrees. So, okay. like, if your arm is stretched out fully, mm-hmm. that's 180 degrees. Okay. And I have about 120 degrees. Oh, so you're, like, at 3 o'clock. Yeah. And then when I move my arm in... Well, right now it's probably 90 degrees. You know what that looks like. Yep. Right and then angle. I can I can bring it in about 10, 15 degrees beyond 90. Oh, that's so, uh, that's the 11 o'clock. So you're you're 355. Push-ups are going to be weird if that doesn't move anymore. And also Were you like hand, a big push-up handstand. person before though? Bro, the first thing I asked my doctor when I got out of surgery, the first thing I was like, so when can I do burpees again? <laughs> <laughs> And he looked at me, he was like, he gave me this look that was just like, you know, I don't know if you've had seen a doctor give you this look, but it's like, or, or like any, like, it's this look that says like, you are not understanding the severity. Oh, that's see that look all, all the time. Well, you're married. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, there's, but there, it's like you, 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 it's this look of you do not understand what you just went through and what you're about to go through. And he mm. was like, yeah, you're not going to be putting any weight on that arm for six months months <laughs> so i'm at the I, I five didn't... month mark i have less than a month yes thank you thank you i you and... know, I didn't know that you were uh i honestly and i guess it's you know i i don't know everything about you clearly but i didn't <laughs> i didn't know that you were like like really big into exercise i mean obviously you're very fit but i thought that was like a natural thing like you were just um, like i naturally mean, very fit i i'm a slut and i did i do uh, you know <laughs> Having coronavirus has really taught me how much of my exercise I did get from having sex. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I got really into like uh, <laughs> rock climbing. Um, Robert Very Pitty cool. and I, we used to be gym buddies. What? What? Shout out to the Pitty. Yeah. And it was funny because like I started, uh, Pitty was very, yeah, shout out to Robert Pitty. He was very helpful for me when I was starting to like use the men's locker room because mm-hmm. that's like really awkward because yeah. uh, you're undressing, right? And so like these dudes will walk in and they'll see me and then they'll just like back out and like check the plaque yeah (laughs) and then and then like they walk back in and they're just like really weird about it and like in the sauna was always really weird because the sauna for men is a lot more social than it is for women i guess i i don't so i hate i hate the gym locker room and i hate uh i hate the sauna and it's it's because there's so many hot 
people like it's a rush right and i have no issues (laughs) with that i hate it because like i was bullied through most of my childhood Mm. and it just brings back all that trauma sure that makes sense yeah we didn't have to change in front of each other for gym class and i I actually couldn't participate in gym class because i was a goth and my mom said that i could get a pair of reasonable like i could get two pairs of shoes at kmart you know for Mm -hmm. like 10 bucks each yep or but i was like no i want this pair of i want a hot topic had uh Uh, (laughs) it was they were like six inch he high heeled platform combat boots oh nice yeah i know exactly what like at like buckles and like a lot of uh laces and no well no buckles but a lot of laces in in i lived in florida and i wanted nothing more than these uh, than these goth boots and my mom was like if you get these boots you don't get anything else. Like that's what you get. <laughs> you don't get any other clothes. You don't get any other shoes because they were expensive. And you know, if we're going to like Goodwill and like Kmart and shit and shopping yeah. in the sales section, like you can usually make like a hundred dollars go a long way. Yeah. So yeah, they they were fifty dollars, which was a lot. So I was like, absolutely. But I didn't have any other shoes except for like a pair of flip flops. Mm. So I couldn't participate in gym safely. You couldn't participate safely. <laughs> I couldn't participate so i didn't have to change in front of people uh so i yeah so i i it was it was funny though uh just to have somebody kind of be like yeah i'll go in this room with you and make sure nobody like fucks with you and that's like a cool thing that bros can do for each other yeah um i i hate it too because like old dudes like to like put their dick in your face they so do well and it's like it's putting their dick in your face it's like their favorite pastime and like my my favorite old dude and I, i mean favorite in the sarcastic way my favorite old dude is the old dude who hangs his towel off his dick and then walks around walk around the towel hanging off his dick it's like bro i know your dick is there i can like why are you using the towel just hold it just hold the towel and let your dick swing there's no reason although i have to say i I, okay i do as somebody who has useful genitals for things that are not uh sex or you know i could hide things right i have a pocket so i appreciate that he's found a practical use for his genitals, I appreciate but that. But it's not a real okay. So it's not a it, it's it's not a real use because there's there's hooks for the towels all throughout the gym. You don't have to use your dick. <laughs> you don't. That's the thing you I'm saying don't. is that like I appreciate that he's found a use for it. There's so many other uses for your dick. You can helicopter dick. Like, I, I, <laughs> I also don't want to see somebody helicoptering their dick in the locker room though. Sometimes when I get upset, I knock things off the table with my dick. You can oh, do really? so many more things with your dick. Like your dick is a cat. You just like knock things <laughs> off the table with your dick. Like I'm angry. Bang. There's so many more things you can do with your dick. It's just. I will say the first time I put on a strap on, the, my first uh, uh, inclination was to do the helicopter. Like immediately. It's just. It it's felt natural. so right. It felt yeah. so right. Helicopter dick is is underrated. Truly. <laughs> it's. It's the most underrated of dick moves. There's no pure joy in the world than I've seen. <laughs> From the face of a person helicoptering their dick. It is a joyful moment. It's like... Oh, like, even better? Oh, man. So we're going to go into so many asides and asides and asides. But I did... <laughs> uh, I, 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 one time I bought glow-in-the-dark condoms because I thought it would be fun. And I... They are, could, sort of. Yeah, but like I couldn't... It was really hard to get laid because like every dude that I had sex with just wanted to like pretend his dick was a lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they would like roll it on. They'd roll it on and be like... Zero. <laughs> 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 
they're leaping around the room around a dark room and then one time somebody hit his his knee against a table so then that and then and you just watch the lightsaber deflate Yeah, it's it, it's, oh it's a distraction. God. And like when you think about in most sexual experiences, at some point, you're not going to be able to see that condom anymore. And it's like, okay, it's only good for foreplay. And the foreplay gets out of hand very quickly. No, and then the foreplay just becomes like, this isn't foreplay because you are a child again. <laughs> it's just cosplay <laughs> now. <laughs> like, I can't, like, like, you can't have sex with it. Like, I don't know. I'm not an age player. It's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, not I my thing. You... Shout out to age players. Like, you're fine. Do, do your thing. As long as everybody's cool with it. Like, do your kinks or whatever, man. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those ideas that in theory is like fantastic but then in practice it's not <laughs> especially when you sleep with nerds like i do you know? <laughs> i mean well first of all thank you for your service uh <laughs> hey hey i'm one too i'm one too yeah, i'm just, I am too. I'm just a, a, a sensual dork you know what i mean i'm not a sensual i i'm hardcore nerd though like I, i'm oh yeah we all know yeah We're aware. Like, real talk uh i'm literally <laughs> i literally have a scheduled D D play date after this so <laughs> like i and and with i have i brought my wife with me she's also gonna play with me oh uh, yeah also play the D game okay now this is the part of the podcast where jay just talks about his wonderful relationships wonderful that's actually not what's gonna happen oh you think she's just never gonna have sex with you ever again no i have a dope segue that i'm gonna use <laughs> no i have a dope segue uh okay. so, you know, like 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 I said, um, glow in the dark condoms uh, are one of those things that sound like they're amazing in theory, but they're right. terrible in practice. You know what else sounds amazing in theory, but is actually terrible in practice? No what? knock warrants. Bang! Bang! That's what we're talking about today. See, at first was- I thought the banging noise was the sound of a battering ram against the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly, and for whatever reason, the cops brought reggae horns with them. Uh, okay, well, yeah, so. no, they got to do that because they're they're dressed down, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to be talk, casual. I want to talk about warrants. Ugh, I want to okay. talk about no knock warrants. Yeah, and I want to talk about cash bail. Ooh, and I want to talk bail. about the, all of these things because they're all related to one thing that uh, we mentioned briefly in a show. Not even briefly. It was like 20 minutes of mention. And then mm. I, I wanted to dive back into it. And of course, it is the case surrounding uh, the murder of Breonna Taylor because that is what it was. It was, it a, was murder. a murder. I want to start off talking about like what a warrant is because I think we all have like the law and order idea of it. Yeah. So like a warrant is like the cops are like... Oh, this person might be doing a bad thing. And here, we're going to take some evidence, you know, and be like, hey, we took a picture of them Mm -hmm. dealing drugs. And then they're like, okay, and here's, then they take a big stamp out and they stamp the warrant. And then the cops are like, now we can go into this person's house and search for these specific things, right? 
uh, I want you to know I'm going to do this. I'm going to find the Law and Order theme song and just like layer it <laughs> Because like, can, honestly. Can, make sure it's not more than 15 seconds. Or, I mean, we could get a cease and desist from Law and Order. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to claim parody. Uh, if, <laughs> if they, I'm going to claim satire and parody if they, if they try that. Uh, I'm ready for it. Um, <laughs> here's what I, I'll say. Uh, because of shows like Law and Order and True Blue and like every other cop show that exists, The Wire, for example, like every cop show kind of shows, and The Wire may be the only show I think that actually uh, portrayed warrants for what they were. Also, it's not like Olivia being like all not, like 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 moral about it and having no. <laughs> so, so here's here's the the arrest warrant in theory seems like a good idea. It's uh, a document. The police have to go to a judge who is neutral. So they have to go find a judge who doesn't know the police officer and doesn't know the department, hasn't worked with them before, blah, blah, blah. They're supposed to be neutral. Uh, the thing that was interesting about the warrant is, or not the warrant, the wire was that like oftentimes the judge was not neutral at all. Right. And then they go to the judge, they take a document, they sign what's called an affidavit in which the police officers uh, writes a sworn written statement saying that they have legit probable cause uh, to obtain this warrant. Wait, 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 wait. So they don't have to show the evidence? They just have no. to be like, yo, I got something in my pocket, but not actually take it out of their pocket. Right. So as long as you're <laughs> like, yo, the evidence exists, you're fine. That's how, it's like, And I'm willing to like sign a piece of paper saying it that exists. That is rude. It's extremely rude. And what's wild about this is that you just have to establish probable cause. So let's say, uh, let's say that I, I robbed a bank, right? Uh, okay, and let's say you robbed a bank just for fun. Yeah, I didn't rob a bank. Uh, but let's say I robbed a bank. Um, and the police, uh, it's really easy to find me if I rob a bank. So I, in fact, I can use an example of someone who did rob a bank who looks a lot like me. My uncle robbed a bank when uh, he was younger. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the thing. My uncle lived in Tuskegee, Alabama. Uh, I think at the time in Tuskegee, there may have been maybe 500 people living in the town. And my uncle is a six foot six black man. Now, everyone in town was black. So that part of it wasn't what gave him away. Right. What gave him away was that he's <laughs> six foot six. <laughs> so when he got home, the cops were like, what up? <laughs> it's like, uh, what you know about this bank job? So to get an arrest warrant for my <laughs> uncle, a police officer could have went to a judge and said, hey, a liquor store was held up by someone who was six foot six. And the judge would not have signed it because that's not probable cause. But if the police went and got my uncle off the street, took him in, talked to him, got him uh, to sign something or got him to admit something that felt like his alibi wasn't solid, then they could go sign an affidavit and say, hey, this person matches the description. His alibi isn't solid. No one knows they're at the store, No, knew that he was at the place he was at. And uh, we have an eyewitness, for example, that may be able to testify that this person's body size and type and shape matches kind of and voice, you know, because they do the whole like say this thing, right? Voice matches sort of the person who held up the bank. And in that case, the judge would be like, all right, yeah, you can go and arrest this person or search this person's house for like the things that were stolen. Okay. The thing though that is uh should be noted is that uh there is not a system in place to undo factual mistakes in arrest warrants. Hmm. 
Yeah. So like if someone, if the police comes to my house right now and they're like, yo, we have a warrant uh, before you let them in your house. So please come to anyone house. So if you're listening to this and the cops knock on your door right now, first of all, like what the fuck? But secondly, like that's just too well-timed. I'd be concerned. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> secondly, like when a police knocks on your door to search your house uh, for a search warrant, arrest warrants can be wrong too, but for a search warrant, when they knock on your door to search your house, uh, you are allowed um, due to uh, it's a there's a doctrine we're going to get into. It's the Castle Doctrine. Uh, you are allowed to scrutinize the warrant, look at it, look for mistakes, clerical errors, and if you find mm-hmm. one, or if, for instance, you are not the person who is the subject of the warrant, you can uh, get the police. Essentially, you can tell the police, no, you can't enter. You have the right. wrong person. And the theory is is that the law enforcement officer won't proceed interesting they're like so they're like vampires right they can't come in until you invite them in or until a judge tells them to get in you remember that old uh dracula thing where he would go to the judge and he'd be like yo i need to eat this person <laughs> and the judge would be like i got you and give him a warrant to go in you remember that uh, <laughs> dracula would feast <laughs> um, and the reason i want to bring this up is because uh in the case of brianna taylor there was what's called a no-knock warrant and yeah well they did knock but they did it with a battering ram did they like, and that's the question. Did they <laughs> knock is the first question. Uh, because, you know, if you look at the case and if you look at the, 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 the facts, well, they said that case, they did. Yeah, they did. But if you look and at the facts, and they said that there case, was an anonymous witness who said they did. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about that <laughs> anonymous witness. So the first yeah. time, the first time the police canvassed and talked to everyone in the neighborhood, the investigators found that no one heard the police announce themselves the first time. Huh. They recanvassed the second time. No one heard the police say anything. They recanvassed the third time. On the third time, and, and bear in mind, in, in the canvassing, they've talked to the same people and are coming back and saying, you sure? You sure? On the third time, finally one person was like, I heard the police. But that still doesn't establish that uh, Breonna Taylor heard them. It doesn't right. establish that they knocked and clearly identified themselves. They could be heard. And the true statement is, is that they were saying they were serving, uh, if they were not serving a, a no-knock warrant, first of all, the no-knock warrant against Breonna Taylor was unconstitutional. So if they were serving a no-knock warrant and they didn't knock, they just kicked open the door, everything they did was illegal and unconstitutional and people should have been held accountable. So what they did in this case is they lied and they were like, well, it wasn't a no-knock warrant, but it was. You can look at the warrant itself and it says it's a no-knock warrant. Right. And then they said, well, the cops knocked on the door for like 45 seconds uh, and a witness heard them. They did all that canvassing. They finally heard one person say that they heard an announcement, and that person only heard one announcement. Huh. And with all of the noise and commotion and people being asleep, and it's nighttime, it is very, very possible that both Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend, uh, I want to say it's Kenneth Walker, but I might be wrong, uh, her boyfriend, uh, who was with her at the time, may not have heard the knock. And right. if they didn't hear the knock, then they were completely and totally justified if if the other thing they said was, Kenneth Walker has admitted the police pounded on the door for 30 to 45 seconds. So if you hear someone knocking on a door for 45, just pounding, doom, 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 on your door for 45 seconds, you don't think that's the police. No. You, know, you, you might think that that's your ex who's coming to get you. You don't know who that is. You don't have a clue of who this is, who this is knocking the door. And in fact, knocking the door for 45 seconds and never saying police, police, open up, police. And even doing that, that's worse than even not knocking because truly 
you're terrified. You're inside with like saying like, who's at my door? And you're worried. Right. And honestly, the entire purpose of the knock and announce requirement is to give people inside the house enough time to know that the police are entering so that you don't get shot at, so that people don't get killed. Because uh, the something that's really interesting, serving warrants and search warrants and arrest warrants and these like, quote unquote, no knock warrants. Yeah. Serving these are dangerous for the citizens and for the police. Mm. Why would they do something that's dangerous for them, though? Well, why did the police do anything? Because I want to be a cowboy, baby. I was going to say evil, (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) In all truth, you know, serving these correctly can be dangerous. Serving them incorrectly can be even more dangerous, as we saw. And what ended up happening in this case is someone lost their life because they didn't do things correctly. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about why the no-knock warrant uh, on Breonna Taylor was unconstitutional. And let's dive into that real quick. Okay. The year is 1995. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tupac <laughs> is still alive. <laughs> uh, that's the first thing I think when I hear 95. Tupac is still alive. Uh, <laughs> I know. It makes me sad to say it too. Um, there was a, a court case called Wilson versus the state of Arkansas. Uh, and this was the first court case that recognized this thing called the Castle Doctrine. The Castle Doctrine, uh, as you can tell from the way it sounds, dates back to when people had castles. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh it's it's part of english common law and it gives this this concept that your house is your place of peace and it's your sanctuary okay because your house is your sanctuary your place of peace any law enforcement officers uh unless it's an extreme circumstance they have to knock announce themselves and then give you enough time to come open the door so that you can avoid having your door kicked in because you know it's not just the potential for death or destruction or violence that that makes this terrible it is you know for many people who are citizens of this country this is to help us feel safe inside our houses in our homes mm, i like doing i like to feel safe inside of my home most people do v most really? people like feeling safe inside their homes and wow. the other people who don't typically those people have fantasies that they're paying or maybe encouraging other people to feel to fulfill for them in which case mm. don't if you have a fantasy where someone kicks your door in and takes advantage of you Super dope. That's your fantasy. You can have that. But for the majority of us, we want to be <laughs> alone. Like, I don't have a fantasy of getting shot in my sleep. It's just not my thing. And nah. for the majority of us, we, we want to feel safe at home. It's not your kink? It's just not. It's not. <laughs> and so this, the court ruled at the time that if you are a cop, you must knock, give us time, you know, announce yourself as the police, knock. And then give us time to answer the door uh, peacefully. The only reason not to do this would be, uh, like I said, except for extreme circumstances. Sure. Like <sighs> what? Great question. What kind of extreme? Like extreme? Like you've seen Goodfellas you know? before, right? Have you seen Goodfellas? Like like uh, like guitar riffs. Goodfellas. I have not. <laughs> okay, cool. I haven't so- seen a lot of movies. First of all, we're going to watch Goodfellas at some point together. I'm, yeah. I'm going to make a note of that. Uh, secondly, in the movie Goodfellas, uh, it's a mob movie. It's so it's a lot of white people doing crazy shit. But, okay. Um, <laughs> but in the movie, uh, Ray Liotta plays uh, a, a well. He becomes a mob boss throughout the course of the movie, and near the end of his reign as as a, a, a mafioso, he gets busted for drugs. Uh, and the police are knocking at his door to serve a warrant to search. 
And he and his wife are both in separate bathrooms flushing bags of cocaine down the toilet. Cool. Because if you have bags of cocaine or bricks of cocaine, really, they didn't have bags. They had bricks. But if you have bricks of cocaine in your house or bricks of drugs or illegal contraband or any type of evidence in the house, uh, typically you get rid of it before the cops come in because it's like, yo, you're searching for illegal shit. Let me get rid of this illegal shit. That sounds like an excellent idea. Most wow. people do that. Or if yeah. you're searching for me, for example, cool, cool, cool. Come in through the front door. I'm headed out the back door. <laughs> so the idea here is that, you know, for police to be able to, I guess, do their job. And I, I, I air quoted that. So you need to know. But for the police to be able to prevent uh, disposal of evidence or, you know, um, people from running or even in the case of like uh, they're afraid that like you have enough firepower inside the house where like we might all die trying to serve this warrant. They can right. enter without knocking to get the element of surprise. One instance that this happened uh, very famously was uh, against uh, Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers. Um, the FBI served a no-knock warrant where they basically kicked in the door of the apartment the Black Panthers were all sleeping in and then shot mm-hmm. them all in their sleep. Uh, it's actually been shown that they were able to fire somewhere around 100 plus bullets before anyone fired back one. It was like like the cops fired like 150 and like seven bullets or maybe even four or five were fired back. Uh, and there's a whole story about how they uh, built, uh, they found the blueprint of the apartment they were in, built a replica, and then ran multiple test exercises to be able to be the most effective to kick open the door and kill the most people the quickest without hurting themselves. There's a whole wow. talk, it's a whole conversation we can have about that, but that's for so another no, time. no trial. No, it was a uh, just extrajudicial extra killing. killing. That's yeah. great. There's a whole conversation we can have about that at another time. Uh, and we'll tack on the fact that uh, only when black people uh, you know, work together to try and prove their situation are they considered terrorists. But white people mm-hmm. legitimately uh, are terrorists and threaten to kill, for instance, the governor of Michigan. And they're not considered <laughs> terrorists. Funny no, story. They, Jay, they were just going to kidnap her. <laughs> and have her, quote unquote, stand trial. Yeah, they were going to kill her. Uh, But no, they're not terrorists, though. They're just misunderstood, right? And you can't see me doing Misunderstood. You know, they just need some, like, mental health help that we're also not going to give anybody. Right. (laughs) So that was 95, Wilson versus Arkansas. In 97, there was another case. It was Richards versus the state of Wisconsin. And in that case, the Supreme Court got in and unanimously, six to zero, which, by the way, did you know the Supreme Court was only like six to zero in 97? Yeah. Six? There's only six of them? No, there's not. There's nine now. But you know, in 97, there were only six? Hmm. Interesting. So in what? 97, I mean, there may have been some There may have been some seats that weren't filled because of, uh, like, I guess, vacancies due to retirement or, and or death. But yeah, the size of the Supreme Court has changed multiple times, but whatever. We'll gloss that too. Gloss, 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 gloss. <laughs> <laughs> Gloss, 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 gloss. The Supreme Court decided that an exception, and, and there's the exception that police were using. So the police said that anyone who is a drug dealer is a threat to dispose of, of evidence, flee or assault officers at a door. So if they suspect you for any type of drug use, by default, no-knock warrants were being given by judges. Wow. So like if you smoke weed, they're like, this person's going to extra murder me. I feel like there's a bit more to dealing than than like smoking but if you have a a dealer's amount of weed on uh i guess in the building and or are expected or 
suspected, excuse me, and or are suspected to be like um, selling it, or, there's a solid chance that, yeah, you fall into drug dealer. So like, I don't know. I But I've seen those, they have those raids they do or the cops mm-hmm. will like post their, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a teenager's like, it's like a teenager's haul video, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they put it there and they like, and, and there was one where it was just like an eighth of weed and like... <laughs> A few joy. It was. It was. It was. I don't even think it was like an ounce of weed, dude. Like, and they were just like, "Look what we got." It was like when a cat kills a mouse and like brings it to you, and you're like, "Why did you bring me this?" Yeah, and and all truth. What are you doing? I don't want it. And honestly, if if there wasn't an attempt to curtail this, we might be at that point right now where just having a joint on you would be a good reason to end up with a no knock warrant if you lived in a place where. Uh, marijuana wasn't decriminalized or legalized or otherwise. Now, when what would you say what roles a prosecutor has in this sort of thing? Um, Great question. I don't think prosecutors get involved in this just yet. So this is all during the investigation phase. Uh, so for most warrants, uh, it's between the judge and then the investigative team. Prosecutors usually get brought in after it's been done. And truly, I, you could make the argument that, uh, you know, for like, and this prosecutors, not attorney, not like district attorney, so, or excuse me, not like uh, whatever the DA is for the level that we're talking here. So if we're talking like at a city level, I'm not as sure what the, is it attorney general? But yeah, so like not the head of the, the uh, prosecutor's department, but sure. a normal prosecutor, I would imagine, doesn't have a lot of uh, any, any visibility to this, if, if any, just simply because, you know, again, this is supposed to be theoretically for judges as the uh, neutral third party. To be able to our neutral party pardon, it's not a third, but as a neutral party, uh, to grant or deny uh police the the ability to to kick in your door, essentially. Sure. Uh that is a really good question. I like where your head's at. Um, <laughs> so in 1997, Riches versus Wisconsin, the Supreme Court ruled that that blanket exception of just if it's a drug dealer, you can kick open the door, uh, was unconstitutional. And I'm gonna read what Justice John Paul Stevens said. All right. It said, if a per se exception were allowed for each category of criminal investigation that included a considerable, albeit hypothetical risk of danger to officers or destruction of evidence, the knock and announce element of the Fourth Amendment's reasonableness requirement would be meaningless. Thus, the fact that felony drug investigations may frequently present circumstances warranting a no-knock entry cannot remove from the neutral scrutiny of a reviewing court the reasonableness of the police decision not to knock and announce in a particular case. Instead, in each case, it is the duty of a court confronted with the question to determine whether the facts and circumstances of the particular entry justified dispensing with the knock and announce requirement. So essentially what he said is that you can't blanket and just say, if it's a drug dealer, we can kick in the door. Mm. Guess what they did with Breonna Taylor's warrant? What did they do, Jay? They blanketed it and just said, well, because it's surrounding drugs, we need to kick in the door. Huh. So, well, because that's the thing, right? They don't actually need to show the evidence. They just need to be like, yeah, this is going to be reasonable. And the judge is like, okay, bro. Yeah. And it's just, I, and, and like with the case of Brianna Taylor, like we mentioned, uh, they swore an affidavit, or maybe I didn't mention it, but let's mention it now. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons that this no, or one of the, the biggest reasons that this no knock warrant was able to be served was that uh, the police said that they spoke to, police said that they spoke to the, the postal inspector and that what they were told that uh, packages for their primary suspect, which was Glover, were being delivered to Breonna Taylor's residence. Later, we find out that the police swore this affidavit, but then later we found that that wasn't true. 
they never did talk to the postal inspector at all. Oh, they didn't talk to him at all? Not even a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. When you think about that, what you realize is when you look at this from this standpoint and then look at what uh, Attorney General Daniel Cameron said, uh, or Kentucky Attorney Attorney General, excuse me, Daniel Cameron said about all of these things, you realize why he was working so hard to say this wasn't a no-knock warrant. Mm, Because if this was a no-knock warrant, it was served unconstitutionally and everyone involved uh, should at the very least lose their job. Absolutely. What essentially we saw, and it's a 21 second, I'll put a link uh, to this in the notes. And I finally get to use uh, this. Ha ha! There will be links <laughs> in the notes. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to put links uh, first. It's going to be to. I was a couple... like, why is he talking about the legend of Zelda? <laughs> No, I get it. Oh, my God. I'm a nerd. Uh, (sighs) Such a nerd. I know. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to put, like, a link to the video of uh, Daniel Cameron and his statement. It's, like, 21 minutes. I was actually going to just layer it into the show, but I can't because it's 21 minutes of what he had to say. It's a lot. It's a lot to listen to someone lie through their teeth. Um, (laughs) Long time listen to lies. Uh, but a lot of the things that he said, like this was not a no-knock warrant. Uh, the police knocked and announced themselves. Uh, they pounded on the door for 30 to 45 seconds. Other neighbors didn't hear because they were asleep. Brianna Taylor was not asleep in her bed when she was shot. That's true, but it doesn't matter. They were in bed when they started knocking on the door. There's a solid chance they got up and were scared because they heard people pounding on the door. Mm-hmm. And they also said that Brianna Taylor's boyfriend was a drug dealer. Brandon boyfriend was not a drug dealer and he was never named in any uh, investigation because Kenneth Walker was Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. Right. Uh, Brianna, Taylor, Brianna Taylor dated someone who dealt drugs and left their exes. Um, if we're going to start judging people and killing them based upon their exes, who's going to live? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> who lives? <laughs> yeah. Who lives? And that's what I'm yeah, like, man. I dated a juggalo once, so I'm, <laughs> you're done. No, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but, like from that standpoint, like if you're taking this stance of like, well, okay, this person is uh, is can can be served a no knock warrant because they dated someone previously that might that might have been a drug dealer. They may or may not have known about it. In all these circumstances, everything that Daniel Cameron said, with the exception of Brianna Taylor was not in bed, was pure bullshit. Mm-hmm. And everything surrounding this case that has come from the media and from Daniel Cameron has been pure bullshit. Along with recently, uh, and this is what sparked me want to talk about this, uh, someone decided to float down my Twitter timeline a picture Uh-oh. of Brianna Taylor and Kenneth Walker and a picture of them holding a gun. It was like, yeah, they're Second Amendment rights. We can't take pictures of that shit now. And that's why we're here now. Uh, so here's the thing. There is no connection between Brianna Taylor and Glover other than they dated for a little bit and she left. Right. In fact, she even had him blocked in her cell phone. Mm-hmm. Like many people do their exes. Mm-hmm. Their exes that they don't like and don't want to be involved with. At the end of the day, what has happened and what we can see from the actions surrounding this is that we have given an extraordinary amount of power to people that have proven themselves to not be able to use it correctly. If Daniel Cameron, as the attorney general of Kentucky, were truly about justice 
and fairness and equality, he would have made sure that every single police officer involved in this, because they did something unconstitutional, at the very least were no longer public serv- servants, if not have actually had justice been brought upon, brought to bear upon them. He didn't. If the police officers who uh, and the law enforcement officers who work through trying to you know get this warrant uh, were truly looking to stop crime and trying to legitimately uh, you know do things correctly in a just, fair, and equitable manner, clearly we wouldn't be here. But they didn't. And if the judge was truly neutral and was truly trying to protect everyone's constitutional constitutional rights. He also would have stepped in here or she, because, you know, judges could be more than than one thing, but they would have also stepped in and done something to try to, you know, prevent this. And the other thing that is even more telling to me about this, and then we're going to take a break because I just realized where we are. But the other (laughs) thing that is even more telling to me about this that I am more than upset about is there, there was a grand jury, grand jury trial where this was presented to the grand jury to decide whether or not they would indict the police officers. And in that grand jury trial, Daniel Cameron was the person who was responsible for what was presented as evidence to that jury. Looking at what he's presented to the public, looking at how he has both lied and misled the public about the facts of this case since its beginning, I don't trust him, nor do I believe that anything he told that grand jury would be in the service of justice. I don't. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe he's it. he's an attorney general, yeah, as opposed to a or is he he's a prosecutor. He's an attorney general. So he actually runs the prosecutor's division for Kentucky. Oh, so prosecutors do factor in. Yes, they do. You're correct. You know, like the person who might become a VP. Ugh, our choices or, aren't good. Yeah. Yeah. We we make a lot of mistakes. Um, <laughs> I do also want to talk about cash bail, but before we get into that, let's take a break. Break. We are back. We're ah! back. Ah! So much energy. Also. <laughs> My God, your lungs. Um... Right? No COVID here, baby. I'm so I just impressed. got my fifth test yesterday. You could play the French horn, uh, and I'm dude. Mean I think that. I have. I think I have calluses in my nostrils now because last time it kind of <laughs> felt a little good. This uh, this uh, fireman was very gentle with my holes. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about that. Statement. I know we're supposed to not like. Uh, you know, cops and stuff, but like, I still find firemen to I think, terribly I think that's sexy. Okay. Firemen, I think you should find sexy. They I mean, they can be problematic too, but they, they can. can be problematic too. But like, every time I've been involved in a situation and there's firemen and cops there, the firemen are always, you know, seem to be doing a better job at like de escalation. And, mm-hmm. um, probably because they don't have fucking guns. That's a real you big know what? They're also just really hot, man. And they, yeah. they slide up and down a pole. I mean, uh, all day, just rubbing that pole to death. Ugh. Uh, yeah. So we're man. not here. No, we're not here no, to we're talk not here about to firefighters. Over firefighters. <laughs> uh, we can't lust over them anymore. But no, it, it, I, I will think... lust after firefighters in my own time. <laughs> you drug me to your lust. You know what? Um, I know. I'm going to bring up what well, you. I'm just going to look at a firefighter right now. Fire. Go ahead. I pretty much, if you Google firefighter, you're not going to find an unattractive person. It's just not how it works. So let's talk about cash bill. 
Fuck. Are you staring at firefighters right now? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, well, we're, well, we're just going to put some pictures of hot firefighters on the Twitter. Are we uh, wait, on Twitter? Okay, yeah. I thought you were going to say uh, it was going to be a link in the notes. Or a link in the notes. I'll make a Pinterest. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it's a new sound. I got to use it. So I want to talk about Cash Bell. And uh, the reason I want to talk about Cash Bell is because uh, Derek Chauvin, Breda Taylor's murderer, um, I know this might be George Floyd's murder, pardon. Um, just got a made a million dollar bail. Oh, where did he get a million dollars from? They don't have, I mean, I know they get paid a lot, but that, that much. Uh, white supremacy V is where he got a million dollars from. Because here's the thing uh, if there is an opportunity for someone to pay uh, to allow another person to get away with murdering someone, uh, especially if that other person, if the person who murdered was white and the person uh, who was murdered was black, uh, they're going to pay that bail. Um, and I know this is a fact because there was an incident, um, I want to say in 2018, where a police officer who was brown shot a white lady and he's in fucking jail right now and no one got him out. Uh, he's in for real jail. Not like actually he's in prison. I'm sorry. He's in straight up and down prison serving time. Ooh. And while his bail was not paid by anyone, they were like, fuck you, brown dude. You shot a white lady. So here's what I'll say. I think Cash Bell is stupid, and I want to tell a story about something that happened to me when I first moved to Washington. Okay. When I first moved to Washington, and also, I, just as a side note, I just realized I did a lot of talking in that last segment, and I'm doing a lot of talking now. I'm sorry. That's okay. You, you I mean, some- you wrote the stuff. Yeah, but I mean, do you want to say some stuff? I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of Beauregarding, and I feel bad about it. You shouldn't feel bad about being knowledgeable, uh, Mr. Jones. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's an extremely uh, sweet thing for you to say, but I'm not knowledgeable. Um, (laughs) No, I'm just like, I'm in my happy place. I get to listen to you and look at uh, firefighters. Are you pretending the firefighters talking to you and now it's just like, like you're just in your world now? Is that what's happening? No, I'm not pretending that they're talking to me. I'm just, uh, I'm, well, okay. There is one firefighter who they took a close up of his face and I'm just imagining being like, hey, hey, babe. But, like, I keep, I, I need to get, get, learn more about cash bill. Cause, like, I have never had to be bailed out. I've been arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was only in jail for like a day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't have to, they, they just How let me go. I'll just let you go. My mom picked me up. Oh, uh, yeah. Shout <laughs> I out called to moms my mom. Everywhere. Shout out to moms picking you up from jail, even when they're <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to moms picking you up in jail. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, so, mom. <laughs> yeah, we love you. <laughs> uh, so I, I when I first came to to Washington in like 2015, uh, I was I was new to the scene. I was like trying to date. I had just got out of a bad relationship, and I was trying to like you know fill fill out like the scene. And uh, what I didn't know about Washington, and I know now, is that people will tell you they'll go places with you and then not show up. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't like doesn't have the, you know, the South. I feel like people are like they'll tell you yeah. they're not going to show. And that's, yeah, that's, they're just I like appreciate that. no, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So I matched with this girl on Tinder, and we set a date to go to this bar and hang out and like talk more than we already talked on Tinder. And so I go to the bar and like I'm you know texting her like yo I'm here. Uh, I still remember the bar. It was. Uh, Capital, uh, I think it was Capitol Hill Cider. It might not be. No, it wasn't Capitol Hill Cider. I, I just remember, I don't remember the bar. Okay. I think it's, I, 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 for, I forgot it. Who cares? Let's move forward. I haven't um, been to a bar in Seattle in a very long time. <laughs> no one has been to a bar in Seattle in a very long time. 
but I, I go to this bar. I think it might have been Capital Tavern. But anyway, I go to this bar uh, and I'm like waiting, waiting. And then uh, while I'm waiting, I'm just drinking because I'm nervous. And I'm also like trying to pass time. And I'm sitting here by myself feeling very sad because uh, no one's showing up. And so long story short, I got stood up. So I, oh, I, no. I don't feel bad for me. I ended up talking to like the bartender who was a cool dude. And we had a great time just like conversating. And like he gave me a bunch of free drinks. So it was great. Uh, I actually enjoyed like the, the night anyway. But uh, the problem is I had a bunch of free, very heavy, very strong drinks. And I started driving home. Oh, no. Yeah. And at the time, I lived in Everett. So I was driving from Seattle to Everett, which if you've ever made that drive, I feel like you know it's long as fuck. Yeah, it's a very sucks. long drive. And it it's sucks. A, it's got just the highways weird there. and Yeah, a lot of highway driving. And you end driving. up in Everett. And then, and yeah, and you have to end the night in <laughs> fucking Everett. Um, so as I'm driving, uh, I'm probably driving way too fast. And, and I'm driving way too fast because I'm drunk and I'm going like 90. When I, I'm not drunk, drunk. I'm like right at that edge. Like I know what my edge is and I'm like, I'm, I'm good. And, and honestly, if I had sat in the bar without drinking for like maybe 30 minutes to an hour, this story wouldn't exist. Um, but like I, I didn't, I drove home cause I was, I was hurt that, you know, someone didn't like me and that hurt my feelings. No. I'm, I'm human. Uh, so yeah. like, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm driving and I'm going 90 and I see the cop light. So I slow down and pass the cops at the speed limit. But then as soon as I get by the cops at the speed limit, I speed back up to 90. And what I didn't realize is that there was more than one cop out that night and they were looking for DUIs. So long story oh, short, no. long story short, I ended up in jail for a DUI. Uh, so now everyone who knows me knows that I have a DUI. Fuck. Um <laughs> <laughs> Also know how recent it was. Um, so just just our fans. Yeah. So <laughs> all five of you. No. <laughs> but uh, so I I'm in jail and this is a Friday night and at the time my job I worked on Saturday so I had to actually be available to work on Saturday and what was terrifying for me was uh, when you get arrested for a DUI you have a cash bail to post. And you have to post like a thousand dollars, which is not a not that much. That's it's, but that's a lot. Like I don't have a thousand dollars right now. But here's the fucked situation I got into, and when you hear it, maybe you laugh. Uh, so I don't have a thousand dollars on me personally, but like you know, I have a credit card that has enough of a limit. Where I was like, well, if I give you my credit card, would that work? And they were like, yeah. But here's the thing. My credit card was in my wallet that they took from me when they put me in jail, so I didn't have my credit card to get to. Oh no. And I don't know my number by heart. And one more fun fact, uh, they took my cell phone from me too. So I don't, the only numbers I knew uh, were my house number with my mom, my mom's cell phone number, and my sister's cell phone number, uh, which I called repeatedly. But again, in jail and my parents at the time I was, I had just moved to Washington. Like, I mean, like I'm fresh in to the point where getting a call from, uh, you know, a collect call from Washington state didn't register for any of my family. They're like, oh, you don't know no. anyone in Washington. And just were like, fuck that shit. And I was like, you do. You know someone in Washington State. You know someone. <laughs> and with collect calls, uh, you can't leave voicemails. You can't, because it's a collect right. call. So I'm like, fuck, I'm inside. I have no way to make this call out. Uh, I'm in general population at this point, by the way. I'm not in a holding cell. I'm in gin pop. So I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah, they took my underwear from me and gave me these like nut hugging briefs that I was not happy about. Oh yeah, I was wearing a pair of uh, a pair of uh, briefs the other day. I came out of my room and uh, my roommate was like, "Did you get those underwear in jail?" <laughs> <Because> <laughs> briefs are jail wear. Like, <laughs> I like them. 
I mean, like, don't get me wrong. They're flattering for some people, but they're not really my, they're not my cut. They don't work for me. Um, so like, I'm, I'm like calling and calling. And finally what ended up happening is uh, I did get out. It was because of my mom. I called, uh, I called this um, uh, basically a, a Bond's woman, as it turns out, a uh, Bond's person. Okay. I was going to start to say Bondsman. I realized, uh, first of all, they weren't a man. And then secondly, even if they were, Bonds person works better. But I, I called a Bonds person and as I'm talking to them, they didn't want to bail me out because I couldn't give them a credit card to hold the bail. And I'm like, I have a credit card when I get out. It's in my wallet. And they're like, nope, we got to have it up front. So I was like, look, here's my mom's number. Call my mother. And if you and just talk to her, I know she'll give you a credit card number for, for you to get me out. And, you know, of course she did. My mom's a sweet woman. Uh, but what ended up happening is that I was desperate to get out of jail because I had to go to work the next day. And how do I get, you know, I can't call my boss and be like, yo, I'm in jail. And <laughs> afterwards I, I was really like, why is bail necessary? What, why do we have bail? The, the thought process is, well, if we're worried about someone running from the law, right? We right. just don't give them the option to leave. Right. Why do we make people pay to get out? Uh, Cause they want money. And because rich people are more valuable Basically, in our society. Why are you so correct? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You said I was a knowledgeable one, but... I, it's I just, capitalism. Thank you, Louis Armstrong. Um, <laughs> uh, evil scars. No. <laughs> um, and that's that's really what it is. There's no reason to make someone pay to get out of jail. It's not that the jail doesn't have enough money because they're all banking dollar. They're really banking. It's not to cover the cost of the of the actual um fucking uh being put in jail because again they make a shit ton of money off of court cases. Which by the way, yeah, they do. Court fees are a motherfucker. I I dropped so much money trying to like uh quote unquote beat this case, which I sort of beat. I don't have a DUI. I have a wet reckless baby. What up? Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. It's called a wet reckless. Yeah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I got a wet I reckless baby. Want I? Yeah, no. I think that's what I like. If people ask me like, oh, what do you want your genitals called? Like <laughs> a wet reckless. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wet now, reckless. Now I kind of want to get a wet reckless just so I could say I have it, but it sounds expensive. Um, it it is very expensive. <laughs> uh, so like, um, it's very bespoke. <laughs> it's like a bespoke DUI. <laughs> it is. Uh, and what was it? Just so for people to know, uh, when I blew that night, I blew a point oh nine. So point oh one above the limit. Mm-hmm. And then I blew a point oh eight five at the station. And oh, yeah. So that's why I was saying if I had just hung out for thirty more minutes, no. or even just taken an Uber, or oh or just stop stop drinking, just walked around the city for an hour until I felt okay. If I had just been more responsible, and and I get the whole like not victim shaming, but in this case, as the victim, I want to say if I had just been a bit more responsible, uh, this story doesn't happen. Well, and you know, you don't really want to be dr- uh, drunk driving in general, yeah, and also it's... like I I remember when I um the Blue Moon Tavern mm-hmm. had well, it still has, I assume yeah. <laughs> it's not open, but they have a uh, a breathalyzer there, yeah. and mostly you could just you can pay a dollar to breathalyze yourself most people just do it to see like have a contest to see you can get more drunk bro i'm a (laughs) 1.5 yeah uh but like 
uh, I remember blowing in it and being very shocked at yeah. how um, what I thought was fine versus mm-hmm. what the actual legal limit was. Oh yeah, you, it, and I will say this: <laughs> uh, I have a basic idea of how much I need to drink to hit the legal limit. Like I know if I drink six beers, I'm at point oh eight. Uh, and, and I know this because like, you know, I were, were with friends with the breathalyzer and we did this whole thing to figure out like how much we'd have to drink. So I have a good idea. Um, of course, it doesn't matter now. I'm, I don't drink anymore. But right. <laughs> when I did drink, I had a, I had thought I had a fairly good idea of how much I needed to drink and, and where I was. And like I said, right. in this case, 30 more minutes. Or even if my date had shown up, I would have stopped drinking and had someone to talk to. And then that would be great. <laughs> uh, and maybe you wouldn't have had so many drinks because you were sad you got stood up. Correct. Though I, I did, I I did, I, I never went back to that bar because uh, you know I was, <laughs> I was spending a bunch of money on DY <laughs> shit. But <laughs> I did make. I thought. I mean, I, I hope I made. Maybe maybe the bartender's listening right now. And it was like you did make a friend. I thought I made a friend that night from the bartender because I got like half my drinks for free. And I'm not, I mean I'm a charming person, but I'm not like that charming. You're pretty charming. I'll, I'm not half. I'm not half my drinks are free. Charming. Yeah, of course. Of course. I don't think I am. I I, I disagree. You clearly I, are because it happened. I mean, that's true, I guess. But like, <laughs> I feel like this is an exception to the rule. I wouldn't bank on it, is what I'm saying. Um, mm. But long story short, there is not a good reason to have cash bail. There isn't. There's just no reason for it. And here's the thing about cash bail that you should know: three out of five people in U.S. jails today have not been convicted of a crime. Wait, wait, how many out of five? Three out of five people in jail today have not been convicted of a crime. Oh, no. Half a million people are sitting in jail every single day, despite the fact that they are legally innocent. And it's because of the cash bail system. You don't have the money to get out. You have to stay in jail. Uh, The maximum sentence for the DUI that I was facing was one day in jail and, you know, fine. If I had stayed in jail without, you know, the entire weekend, they would have held me in jail until Monday and then I would have faced trial on Monday. And then they would have released me after I faced the trial, the start of the trial on Monday. But I would have spent three days in jail when I wouldn't even need to spend three days in jail. I remember talking to people who were in the drunk tank who were just like, I'm just going to stay in here because I know I got a DUI coming. And if I stay in here for now, they can't give me uh, a day later. And I was like, that's stupid. You're going to be here all weekend to avoid a day? I got a job. I can't do this. (laughs) And if you're poor and if you're uh, struggling to keep your job and you go to jail and you lose your job, what do you think is going to happen when you get out of jail? You're going to have to pay money and not have any. Right. And not only that, but you don't have And when have you money- don't pay the money, did they put you back in jail? Yeah. Or you start uh. trying to find a way to actually find the money. And if I, you know, I've been to jail, I just lost a job. I got to hustle up money relatively quickly. Depending upon who you know and what you know and what you grew up around, you know you can hustle up money quickly in certain ways that are illegal and you start doing it. And then guess what? You end up back in fucking jail. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Spending yeah. even like one or two days in jail can result in people losing their job. It can result in them losing their housing. They can lose custody of their children. And there are studies that show that pretrial detention actually increases a person's likelihood of rearrest upon release. Wow. So it's kind of like the revolving door we talked about with sex workers. Yeah, because there's no reason for a cash bail system. Just get their address. If they don't show up for trial, go find them. You can kick open doors. We just established that in the previous segment. Why do you also <laughs> want me to pay you for this shit? Right. <laughs> and it's it's essentially, it means that if we're going to fix the problem, we have to get rid of the cash bail system. And I get it. 
If you get into the cash bail system, your first thought is, well, how do we make sure that people show up to their trials? Well, first, uh, we already have a system in place for that. It's called fucking warrants. And yeah. a bench warrant, uh, if you, I've also had one of those uh, because I, <laughs> I because of unpaid parking tickets. Uh, what? Yeah. In Alabama, if you don't pay a parking ticket or show up for the court case, uh, they put a bench warrant out for your arrest. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's real. Uh, That's so the- fucked up. Here's the thing about a bench warrant. Any interaction you have with a cop will end up with you getting arrested. Any. You could call a cop and be like, yo, someone's breaking in my house. He'll be like, okay. He'll show up and be like, oh, let me run your name real quick. You're going to jail now. No. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. There are things in place right now to prevent people from like skipping out on their trials. We already have those systems in place. The only reason to keep cash bail in place is greed and hatred of poor people. Is so that if you're homeless or you don't have as much money, you can't leave. And it's almost like saying in our heads that we think being poor immediately makes you a criminal. And if that's the case, if we really truly feel that, why do we allow people to be poor? Because they're they want to make money off of because we're uh, shitty. That's the answer yeah. to the question. We're we shitty. We want to make money off of people who are vulnerable because it's easier to take from vulnerable people. People feel that if if we in cash bail that public safety is going to be threatened, but there's a study. Uh, oh, you mean Jersey. like it's not already? <laughs> but, but you know what's the funny thing is, V? In general, we're safer than we have been in years. Yeah. Crime rates have. Well, again, I mean, there's a there's a certain factor in play here. We won't say what it is, but <laughs> there is a factor in play here that happened in 2016 that. Uh, very recently, we just began seeing the uptick of crimes again. But from the time period of about 1980 to 2015, uh, we actually saw a trend of lowering crimes. And even if you include the slight uptick that's happened here underneath uh, our current situation, we Ugh. still have seen a trending down of true crime, of crime. Uh, some of that, again, I have said on multiple occasions that one of the best ways to end crime uh, is to end poverty. Yeah. And it's the same thing, you know, and, and also too, like what we consider a crime, a lot of crimes are just things that people do for survival. Um, Correct. It's the same thing we said the other day. Like if you see a sex worker and you're like, oh, I wish she didn't have to do that. Just give them money. Yeah. And so New Jersey and D.C., did, got rid of cash bail. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they just let you go and you tell you to want to come back. And if you study uh, their systems and their rates of appearance for trial for defendants, what you find is that they are similar, if not better, than rates of appearance uh, for places that don't have cash bail or for those places, excuse me, before the cash bail reform. And oh, wow. the rates of rearrest for people is comparable to those before the reforms as well. So it literally has zero impact in raising crime or endangering the public. And again, the only reason to want to keep cash bail in place is because you're a shitty person. That's and I'm not going <laughs> I'm not I'm not here to I'm not here to sugarcoat it. I I need you to hear this. If you think cash bail should stay in place, you're a shitty person. Yeah. You're a yeah. shitty person. You have enough money yeah, and you privilege. Suck. Yeah, you have enough money and privilege to think that it's cool for people to stay in jail and lose their jobs, lose custody of their child, lose their housing, and lose all of their ability to, to support themselves and also defend themselves at trial. You think that's all okay, and, and the only type of person who would think that that's okay is a shitty person. You're a mm-hmm. shitty person if you think that. And I don't want to make any 
I don't want to sugarcoat it or make any uh, make any concessions to be like, well, you just don't understand. No, you're shitty. You're a terrible person if you still want <laughs> cash bail. It doesn't make sense to want it. And it obviously negatively impacts uh, poor people more. And guess because of it negatively impacting poor people, guess who gets disproportionately uh, affected by it as well? Oh, is it people of color? It's always people of color for some uh, damn reason. Because racism get, is a whole uh, thing. <laughs> I guess I, I, yeah, it's always people of color. End of fucking sentence. I know what the reason is. Yep, yeah. And again, it's information put in front of you. If you see all of this and you still think to yourself, nah, cash bail, leave it. You're a shitty person. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think I'm going to end on that. That's all I have to say. Uh, I think cash bail should be done away with. Uh, for things that you can do to get rid of cash bail, uh, call your local... Uh, no, don't even call them. Look at the stances of your fucking local... Uh, your your sheriffs. Look at the stances of your local uh, law enforcement officers, especially the ones that are electable. So mm-hmm. that's why I called out the sheriffs. Look at the stances of your, your local attorney generals. Look at the stances of your local DAs. Look at the stances. And then send them an email and then send them a letter and then call them and then email them again and vote them out if they don't listen to you. Uh, And and I was actually going to say, don't even fuck, don't even fuck, like, you know, still call an email and tell them you hate it. (laughs) Just straight up vote them out. out. Just because, you know what, again. (laughs) I just just sent them an email that's just like, you suck. It'll make you feel better. (laughs) So yeah, do that. But, But in all truth, this information isn't something that is hard to find. It, a, a, a precursory Google search found the article that most of the information about Cash Bell that I just shared with you. And I'm not acting like I didn't do anything, but I really didn't do anything to learn this shit. And yeah, no, it doesn't take a lot. And, and you're telling me that a person who's an attorney general or a sheriff or someone who's a public servant who deals primarily in law enforcement isn't aware of the push to reform Cash Bell? And they aren't aware of the arguments against it, and they don't spend time coming up with arguments for it. Those are shit people, and if you support <laughs> them, you're a shit person. Like, yeah, don't, don't, don't. There's not a better way like to put them. it. There's not. And, and I'm going to end there. Like, stop being shitty. A long time ago, <laughs> not a long time ago. I, I, we've only been doing the podcast for a month. Earlier this month. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier in September, quarantine time, you know, <laughs> it feels like we've been doing this for years. <laughs> no. We've been doing this podcast for forty years. <laughs> Earlier in September, I said uh, during our cop episode that, um, or one of our cop episodes, I said uh, I need you to see the police the way I see them, and I need mm-hmm. you to see this the way that I see them. But in this case, there's a very clear cut, obvious reason why cash bail doesn't make sense. And you don't even have to do research to understand it. You understand that people can't afford shit. Like you get that. And you also understand that people can be arrested wrongly. So if I'm poor and I get arrested for something wrong, I can't afford to fucking get out of jail. So you know this is fuck shit. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I'm upset about. Like it's, you don't even have to research this to understand how fuck shit this is. And if you support it, you're just a shitty person. And I get the people who are just like, it's always been that way. And I've never thought about it. I get that. And that's cool. But now you have. If you're still for it, you're shit. Your shit, your family shit, and I hate everything about you. That's how I'm <laughs> ending it. Uh, v, would you like to add anything? Um, well, I wanted to just to add, uh, in uh, as far as people who aren't fuck shit, it's really nice to have uh, people out there who actually aren't shitty people, uh, aren't shitty people and give a shit. <laughs> So, you know, and 
because of that, we can, you know, bring you these stories and <laughs> make you frown. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, to wrap. Fuck, fuck cash bail. Yeah, it's the worst. So just to wrap, let's let's just, you know, put a tag on everything. Uh, first of all, no-knock warrants are already kind of being banned in many places. I think we as a whole need to get them banned everywhere. Secondly, yeah, we need to we need and we need to keep talking about this and we need to keep going with this because you have to remember that the person who is going to be in the one of the highest offices in the land is a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And so this person is not somebody who is going to want to help. so we have to keep going like even if you know we get this person out of office Mm -hmm. you're still gonna end up with people who don't really care about racial equality and even if we are able to convince the people in the highest office in the land we still have to work on the local officials because they have the most power to affect our lives on a local level a lot of that's what i'm talking about down ballot voting baby yeah a lot of no-knock warrants uh and the policies surrounding them are decided locally by your da and by your sheriffs and by your law enforcement officials Uh, so for the ones that you can vote for Vote for the ones that are looking to end no-knock warrants, who are looking to hold police officers accountable, especially when they swear affidavits that things are true and they are not. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to cash bail, you also want to vote in people who actually want to make sure that the system is fair for people, even if they don't have money. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, whether or not you have money, the fairness of our justice system is a measurement of who we are as a country and who we are as individuals. And if you're not enraged about this, and if you're not upset about this, as I've been saying this entire episode, you're a shit person. And mm-hmm. if you don't want to be a shit person, come join us on the non-shitty side and demand don't ask, don't request, demand that something be done about this. Well, and just remember too, like, you know, people get locked up for, you know, lots of reasons. They can get locked up. Uh, because the police made a mistake. Mm-hmm. But also, even if you did commit a crime, a lot of people make mistakes and we should all have equal access to this stuff, you know? Like, right. And even if I didn't commit a crime, why is the punishment for every single crime I, that I could possibly commit me losing my job and me losing my livelihood and me maybe perhaps losing custody of my children? Why mm-hmm. is that a punishment? If I commit, like, a DUI is not a big thing. We've all driven a little too drunk. Why do I have to lose my job for this shit? Why do I have to pay $1,000 if I don't, quote, unquote, show up for court? Would you know where I live and you can kick in my door? Yeah. Like, why are you forcing me and making this harder? Other than you want to, quote, unquote, punish someone, you already fucking punish us in the sentencing and you're punishing me before there's even a goddamn trial. So what the fuck is what I have to say about that? Ah, okay. I got to wrap. We have to wrap. This is long. Um, <laughs> v, uh, if people want to find the show, where can they find it? They can find the show at Frown Town Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, yeah. What about you? What if people uh, are like- me? I got I to gotta hear me some V. I want to hear stories about these lightsaber dick. What if they want to hear stories <laughs> about lightsaber dicks? <laughs> I never if did you, get a dick yeah. pic, by the way. I'm disappointed. You didn't in get all any you. dick pics? Well, I mean, uh, as it turns out, like uh, the majority of our listeners are female, and so they may not have dicks. <laughs> I mean, some some ladies have dicks. Yeah, some do, and that's what they may not. That's what said. So they may not have dicks to send pictures of. But if you do right. have a dick, still send one. 
I'll take. I, I want to see it. Chase getting thirsty in quarantine. <laughs> I need to see your dicks. <laughs> Send me your dicks. No. <laughs> Give me that people- dick parade. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chatty. And I'm not on Facebook because you shouldn't be either. Just Fuck you, let's, Facebook. Let's get off of Facebook. We can all do it together. Get on Twitter. If you get on Twitter and you deleted Facebook, send me a, uh, you know, tweet at me and be like, hey, I got on Twitter because you said I should delete Facebook and then I'll follow you. And there I'll you go. You, you don't want to follow. And Jay will follow you. We'll follow you from the Frown Town pod. It'll be great. And then you can, you know, you can get into the Twitter. I mean, Twitter also sucks for its own reasons. Yeah, a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know. Lesser of two evils less... seems to be a thing people are into right now. So why can't you pick the lesser of two evils then? Yeah, why not? Why not? Because we all seem to be into that right now. Uh and whatever to actually picking evil. I'm not going to get into that today. I got, I, I have so much, I'm so much, I, you know what? Uh, Sober October is partly responsible. Yeah, it's for got I have you so hyped. That's why I have so much hyped. heat right now. I uh, can't believe you're doing this month. I just don't like really. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, yeah, this is going to be the craziest election season. And there's fucking, everything's on fire. All this shit is happening. You know what I'm going to do? sober october like (laughs) bro i mean i but you already didn't drink (laughs) what should be noted is the best part about taking a break from smoking is when you come back the the weed hits harder and so right as november starts and i feel shit really hits the fan that weed's gonna hit for me and that's what i want (laughs) I need that to hit. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, by the way, uh, I'm adjective underscore J, uh, both there and on Instagram. And yeah, uh, if you leave Facebook, tweet at me too, and I'll follow you. Actually, just tweet at me. I'll follow you. As long as I know you're a person, I'm down to follow. I actually, I don't follow a lot of people. Bot. I'll yeah. take a bot though. I mean, if you're a bot and you want to follow me, just be like, <laughs> I don't be, I am a bot. And I'll be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not going to co-sign this. I want to, but I'm not. I won't well, follow. We Fox. have to do something because if we don't, like 30 years from now, we're going to be robot racist, Jay. Wait, are you saying like we're going to be like robotists? Yeah, like there's going to be like 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 eventually robots are going to get like really fucking smart, and they're going to be like, "Hey, remember when we were dogs and you kicked us?" And okay. we're going <laughs> to. Okay, but damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> You have to be careful about how, like, how mean we are to the robots now, man. Because I'm just saying we're we, we're going to be old, and we're going to b- want them to be nice to us in our old age. This is true. I, I I don't. I'm not planning on having children. I do need someone to take care of me in my old age. Yeah, but it's yeah. going to be a robot, and if your robot turns against you and smothers you with a pillow, it'll be the then story you're gonna of like, robots. Oh, remember that one time I was on a podcast and I said that robots were. I'm not going to follow okay. robots. Okay. I, I will follow Boston. I co-sign. <laughs> <laughs> you talked me into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I do want to close out and say, uh, you know, again, thank you for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Uh, Thanks to FCON for our uh, Oh my God. Thank you song. so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. FCON, I don't think you understand how much we love this song. Um, we love it so much. Oh my God. So much. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, uh, if... If you want to know more about anything that we said today in the show, I will be obviously, as usual, putting links to all of these articles that I found and to the resources that I found in the notes. 
I want you to take the time to really read through it and learn more about each one of these issues because they're very important and they affect more than just ourselves. They affect all of us. And the last thing I'll say is if you're a person who has been wearing a mask because you're concerned about your fellow citizens and you're worried about making sure uh, that they are able to have a happy and healthy life, then you should also have that same concern for your fellow citizens being oppressed and being underneath uh, rules that, quite frankly, as a poor person, they don't have the ability to fight against or even have the ability to be heard when it comes to how they affect them. So take the time to learn about these things. And when you vote, vote for everyone, not just for yourself. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. And try do your best. Go get tested. For what? Everything. Yeah. (laughs) Get all the tests. (laughs) We'll be back. Bye.